Welcome to Hollow Maneuver Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Mike. We're two very busy dads. Two hardworking <laughs> dads trying to immerse ourselves into Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. So busy that we can't read my speak. lines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if this is your first time listening in the sometimes short form Star Wars podcast, we'll share our thoughts on different topics from a galaxy far, far away. Hey guys, what do you get when you mix a bunch of bounty hunters and tropical fruit? Mm. No, a mango fat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So this is this is our show, real. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to the whole maneuver podcast. <laughs> I'm 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 familiar with the show, but I'm not sure about uh, this week's joke. <laughs> it's fine. It's uh, fine. That's the premise of the show. The joke sucks. Yeah, yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah, the joke. The joke is supposed to suck. Yeah. Um, but, um, yes. Welcome, Ralph. Uh, if you guys haven't listened or watched or listened to uh, live action Star Wars, that's where Ralph is coming from, amongst many other shows. We welcome him right. to our show this week. Welcome, welcome. But thanks, guys. And if you haven't checked out that show, check out Ralph's show too. I, I have this been podcasting. Hurt. Yeah. I've been podcasting yeah. since 2006. And yes. I got to be honest with you, live action Star Wars might be, I'm going to say top two of my favorite nice. shows that I've done. It's a ton of fun. Um, nice. I'll never say what number one is, but <laughs> let's just say it's somewhere in the top two. So yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. Um, you know, and the thing is like Andor. And or so good, I don't mind talking about it again and again. And again and again and again and again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So like what we usually do on the show is uh we'll talk about news. So to and then go on to the episode. But this week it, and it's kind of it kind of worked out this week, I guess, uh, that the news is kind of tangentially connected to yeah, something that yeah that we all love and uh something that you podcasted about for a, a while uh with the this kind of quote unquote secret star wars film that damon lindelof uh is going to be working on um and then uh shermin abadi chinoy is the director for it and at least for what i saw about it is that it's supposed to be set like after the sequel trilogy events which is yes. good that this seems like the first, at least the first thing that they've announced that's supposed to be set, like in that era. I thought Tycho was supposed to be movies. after that, his show. I don't know when his thing is supposed to be set. I thought his was a movie and it's supposed to be like something crazy, like outside of the norm. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't even know. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't even know if they've started shooting his yet, but. He's still uh, trying to get I, Natalie Portman yeah. to be in it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's um, Yeah, this this should be interesting to see, like how this goes as far as, uh, like what he'll do with this as far as uh, like what he writes for the story. Uh, he's kind of put his like finger a little bit in like a bunch of different like major sci-fi stuff now at this point between like the uh, like Alien franchise with prometheus and then with the the newer star trek films um so it'll be 
I mean, I'll be curious to see what he does. I'm a fan of like all the stuff that Damian Lundloff has has worked on. So if this ends up, you know, making it all the way to the finish line and it actually mm-hmm. hits uh, like a movie theater screen, or if at some point it gets segued to a Disney Plus screen instead, then I'll watch it. And I'm pretty sure I know that you two will too. <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah, I'll pretty I'll pretty much watch any Star Wars if it's live action. Um, I still need to catch up on episode two of visions and uh, right. I, I'll probably wait for tales of the Jedi once Andor is done. But as far as this go, I mean, I like David Lindelof. I didn't see the leftovers, but I love lost. I podcasted about lost um, back in 2006. Uh, uh, Watchmen was phenomenal. Watchmen's terrific. Um, I like Prometheus. I'm one of the people that like Prometheus and kind of, I, I, I sort of, got it a little bit more i not i'm not to sound pretentious but i understood what they were what was going on in that movie maybe a little bit more than the average viewer um I, like once you once you kind of pick up some clues in that it's a completely different movie yeah which i can i, I yeah i can i don't know i would love to get into a discussion about prometheus but i don't think we're here for that yeah <laughs> Uh, maybe we can do that as like a, a tangent podcast sometime. Um, yeah. But I'm going to uh, drop that in the show notes right now. I'm going to plop that in at the end to talk about Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, is there anything that you guys specifically want to like see him like put into this movie? If knowing where it's supposed to be set, or anything I, you want to want to see in it? I'm glad it's moving forward in the timeline. I, I'm not the biggest prequel lover uh just because like if we know the fate of the characters already it's not as uh thrilling i think that's why i'm excited about the ahsoka series because we don't know where ahsoka ends up and we don't know where the 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 crew of the ghost end up so that's nice um so i'm glad that they're moving beyond uh the skywalker timeline Mm -hmm. um i i don't i i mean I I like Force Wiggins. I like Rise of Skywalker. Um, and I like J.J. Abrams. But I don't know if the mystery box thing fits in Star Wars or it shouldn't really. It's supposed mm-hmm. Star Wars right. was kind of like these Flash Gordon adventures. And Flash Gordon adventures are very cut and dry, good guys, bad guys, some sort of in-between characters that you're not sure of. And mm-hmm. you just, it's an adventure. Um, and I don't think it was really ever set up to be a mystery box. You know, we weren't wondering who Darth Vader was in Star Wars, right. but we found out there was a twist. And I feel like once he got the Force Awakens, he was like, well, who's raised parents? Like, we, we shouldn't be having to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least have a better payoff, in my opinion. Like, what happened to, to Luke and stuff? Like, I, I just like a straightforward, here are your characters. You understand they're like a broad archetype and then you just go on an adventure. So with Damon Lindelof, a lot of his stuff that he does is sort of shrouded about shrouded around like mystery. And uh, what's great about him is he can write ensemble, which is mm-hmm. my, my favorite thing is so we can get a lot of good characters, characters that will interact um, real nicely. So I'm looking forward to that aspect. I think the characters will be good. I just don't need, I don't need a crazy mystery in, in star Wars unless it's set up. Like if they just, if he's just like flat out, like 
taking the genre of a mystery, like if he does something like a, a you know, kind of what George Lucas did with episode two with Obi-Wan going mm-hmm. on a mystery, going out and detecting and stuff. So, but I, I, I just want star Wars to be fun. I like, I like okay. solo. I thought that movie was awesome because it was just Agreed. a fun adventure. Yeah. Underrated, so, under, under, underrated, undervalued in the star Wars world. Yeah. But most of that has Disney cramming it out and making people mad. I think it got a bad rap because of that. Um, I'm I'm fine with Disney. Disney's been putting out good stuff. I mean, oh yeah, me too. I'm just saying when Solo came out, the main complaint I always heard was it came out too soon. Yeah, they were just like they moved it up to make money. Well, I mean, yeah, I do like that it came out on Star Wars Day, aka May 25th. Mm -hmm. Um, Orthodox Star Wars Day, I should say. Orthodox. Orthodox Star Wars Day. So, but, but yeah, I mean, everything surrounding Solo, um, uh, it just made me happy. You know? Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to recast Han Solo, like they did a good job. Mm. Lando's great. Everyone's great. Um, it was a prequel, but it was still fun. Yeah, I I enjoyed that as well a lot. And speaking of Solo, uh, but better way to segue to Bactor's solo uh review segment <laughs> than right now in the podcast and video uh and we will take you there now via wayne's world uh segue <laughs> all right and vector this is this is where you're supposed to be talking right now so if you're watching this in the video remove this part and put in your you're part. remove that you're going to remove this part yeah this yeah, so, so you can say whatever you want right now because <laughs> yeah. So right now you can say whatever you want and Vector will remove it. On the, unless he wants to place it at the very end as like a Easter egg thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um He could just come on and be like, these guys suck, and then come back. Oh yeah, Vector here again with another review of Andor. I want to say that this episode was a nice continuation of the Andor plotline, seeing what's going on in the prison and the corruption of the Empire, seeing that, you know, they're kind of locking up people for no reason, why people hate them in the galaxy and why we need them to take them out in Rogue One. So I was loving every storyline in this episode. This show continues to hit on all cylinders. I cannot be more pleased. Andor is probably my favorite show on TV right now. All right. Back to the Holdo crew. All right, and that was Vactor's review of the episode. Hopefully, whatever he said was just outlandish. Good. Just, ugh, yeah. can't believe he said that. I'm gonna be honest; I don't watch his part of these videos, <laughs> <laughs> or do I? He'll never know. Uh, but yeah, this week while we're talking about the eighth episode of Andor, which was called Narkina Five, uh, it was. He, it was directed by Toby Haynes and it was written by Bo Willeman. Uh And then I guess before we really, really get into it, uh, I'd do like a quick like round table of uh, Ralph round Robin. Mike. Yeah, round Robin of like, what was your like overall thoughts of the episode and what, you, what did you like best from it? Who are you starting with? Uh, yeah, Ralph, you go first. 
All right. Yeah. I mean, listen, this show has been absolutely amazing. Uh, anyone who watches live action Star Wars knows that me and my co-host James have just been gushing week after week. Um, it, it, I, it just everything about it feels like Star Wars for grownups, or I guess more like adults in the fact that it's there's there's not really a lot of flash. It's a lot of it's a lot of right. dialogue. It's a lot of character intrigue. It's a lot of um, uh, sort of there's a lot of like political things involved. And I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily saying political in a, you know, a modern day right. sense. I'm just saying like there's there's a lot of moving pieces as a chessboard uh, and there's all these players. And what I liked about this episode is all of those players are starting to come together, mm-hmm. especially with Dedra and Cyril um, and uh, and uh Mon uh, Mothma and stuff like they're they're all starting to kind of everyone's starting to really come together. Um, I know we're getting another season after this, but even seeing like Saw Guerrera, um, mm. it's bringing us closer towards Rogue One territory. I mean, we still have what like four more episodes and then a whole second season, yep, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I just this episode, it's it's really starting to. Uh, things are all starting to come together. Once, once that heist happened, it seemed like the whole galaxy woke up. Right. Like, which is what Luthan wanted. The, yeah. The everyone, when we got here, when we started, everyone was kind of settled, but now it's like the emperors or the empires on the move. They're scrambling to get things done. Uh, the rebel Alliance is now out there and noticed and so they're scrambling to get things done. And we all know what it's heading towards, which is Star Wars, um, 1977. So <laughs> it's this, this, uh, this whole thing has just been like this, this kind of slow burn, mm. but in like the best possible way. Like our biggest action scene this week was Bix running for like five seconds right <laughs> down the street. Oh, yeah. And that's all you need because the tension everywhere else is so so insane like every scene you're just like i don't i don't know what's going to happen the stuff in the i mean i'm just going to go on and on about this show because i love it so much (laughs) but like the stuff in the prison was intense was actually like intense and then you have uh, mon mothma and her husband and that's tense because Mm -hmm. like she has the weight of the galaxy on her shoulders and also trying to deal with the marriage that's troubled like mm-hmm. it's it's a lot like you like being married like you know how it is you know it's not just oh cool i'm married now life's gonna be easy breezy. everything's but, the same i mean oh no it's not <laughs> yeah so so like it's just all this pressure on everybody's shoulders and even though you have people like mon mothma and, and lothan and and saw guerrera all have this stuff on their shoulders like they still can't all come to agreement they can't form this they, they're not forming an alliance, which is mm-hmm. what they need to do to, to kind of relieve the pressure. Right. And so they feel like the galaxy's, you know, hardworking dads. <laughs> <laughs> they know their lines, though. I'll give them that. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Mike? I echo a lot of what Ralph said. Um, it's just, uh, I didn't know where they were going to go after the heist. And I remember Mark, you telling me that, uh, forgot who you said it was like saying this episode was a reset of the series and if this was a reset it's like man did they reset it in such a good way and it made it that much better having 
Like, I didn't know where they were going to go with Cassian's thing. I thought part of me was thinking they were going to just kind of write him off for a couple episodes. But the, the prison scenes were just intense and just so just interesting to me. Because, like, the guy said right away, you'll notice it's clean here. And I'm just like, what's he getting at? And then the whole floor thing was just like, holy hell. Um, yeah. The interweaving stories and how they're all starting to kind of go on a path towards each other again was it's just the way they've done it has been so good and brilliant. It just makes me want to watch it over and over and over again. And it's one of those shows where I can do that. Doing a lot of movie reviews and show reviews. There's a lot out there where like, I got to watch it again because I missed something and it just feels like homework. But this show just feels like an adventure. I just can't get off of like, just love it that much. And this episode just brought it up higher. I was just very intrigued what they're going on, what they're going to do. I feel like I, I'm analyzing every little bit and piece. Like we'll talk about it later. Marva's stuff, some stuff with Marva. So anytime something right. said, I'm like, is that going to come back? Is that going to come back? Like I'm just so into this show and this episode just reinforced it. So just great all around. And I don't even care if they don't, if they just don't bring back anyone that you know from Rogue One or future series. It's like, it could be a standalone project. You wouldn't even know. Yeah. I I think that's helping the show too. I think that's what's helping the show is that because they're not bringing in a whole lot of cameos, Mm -hmm. um, that no one feels like their favorite character is getting treated poorly. Right. Right. Everybody's fair game on the show because they're not really... I mean, the biggest character we have is cameo wise is Saw Gerrera this week. And then Mon Mothma, who was in the original trilogy for all but like 20 seconds. Right. And she was cut from episode three. She had one episode in Rebels. And it's like, so at least that's a character that you can't really, Mm -hmm. I don't read the books, but I'm sure she's in the books a lot more. But it's as far as like live action Star Wars, like it's a character that needs to be explored. Mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of there's there's not a lot of things in here where you don't you don't have expectations like you do with what you think boba fett is before right. going into the series what you think princess leia is before going into the obi-wan series like you 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 know when you come into uh you know a whole new set of characters you don't have many expectations and so you aren't like disappointed Right. Um, it's the, what I'm saying with the uh, with the, um, Damon Lindelof movie, like the fact that it's being set in the future past the Skywalker saga. That's going to be exciting because it's, we're not going to be messing with characters that mm-hmm. you love. Unless, I mean, they could bring back characters, but, you know, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to bring back someone that we know is dead in the future. Right. So right. it's going to be exciting. And I'm sure there'll be some some you know which is that that point's pretty good with this because in andor we only know of the few who are in rogue one their end game like where they end up the rest is fair game they could die they could go somewhere else and do something Mm -hmm. like that's just adds to the intrigue yeah like luthan no idea he can he can he can still be alive for all you know Mm -hmm. um uh mothma we, I mean, she's not going to die because she's in <laughs> the Jedi. Uh, Sagrera, we know when he dies, and Andor, we know when he dies. But the cool thing about Andor is, 
is we only get bits and pieces in Rogue One mm-hmm. of Andor of who he is. We meet him and he's just shooting some dude who seems to be an ally. He just shoots him <laughs> in cold blood. That's how we're introduced to that character. And I don't think we've gotten to that point in his character yet where he's going to do that. No. Um, right. We started this show off with him killing two police officers uh, by accident. And he regrets it deeply. Mm-hmm. And Skeen is the only one he really kills, yeah. but it was there was a purpose behind it. Right. Right. And that's the thing. That's the part of his arc where we're getting to that point where Skeen really wasn't a friend of his. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to rub out the other two people and take the money and run. Like he was a real a-hole. Right. So and or felt that's part of his arc. He felt a little less guilty about that kill. So we got to we got to get to the point where he's like, I don't even care about this guy. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot him just because he may or may not rat me out. Right. Yeah. And yeah, kind of like what you guys are saying too. like this episode has felt the most like a, like an ensemble kind of episode with I feel like pretty much every character that we've been introduced to this season was also in this episode too. So, mm-hmm. so it's, that was it's like of... that chess thing. They're setting up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's getting closer to being with each other. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I noticed too, a, a lot with you, you guys both talking about Rogue one and this show was that uh, one of the inmates that was in like in his group of the people that were like making like the machinery with him, I had thought looked familiar. And then I realized it's the same actor that, played a character with the same exact name melchi uh mm-hmm. in rogue one so i'm assuming right. it's supposed to be the same character so that has me kind of curious now to see uh as sylvie curious about it as <laughs> well uh, <laughs> where like that'll go possibly and because i'm i'm not sure if we'll see him for like the rest of like this series or if like goes off after like maybe like this little part of the storyline and then so it makes it feel like to... it makes it feel like the the third act of this one where there's the first one was a high or the last one was the heist was sort of we all knew that was going to be the climax of that three story arc i feel like a prison yeah. break is the yeah, one just gonna for say this that. three story arc so i'm thinking next week we'll have a prison break and uh, uh melshi i think is yeah melshi uh yeah. will be um integral to that uh, and yeah I was I kind of joked about it, but I, um, I I had said to to Mike, um, like off mic, that I had thought uh, Andy Sturks's character Keena Loy. At first, I was like, oh, is this supposed to be kind of like Snoke pre Dark Side shenanigans, like initially? Mm-hmm. Which I guess it it I mean it definitely still is, could but be. I mean, I, but me, I but I always thought Snoke also, was made yeah. up by the Emperor. Yeah, because yeah, he's supposed to be like what, like deformed, like off-brand clones of Palpatine, right? Something like right. that. Yeah, based on what we've seen in Bad Batch, uh, Mandalorian, and Rise of Skywalker, you can kind of put the pieces together that the cloners were always trying to make more Palpatines, mm-hmm. and um. Possibly that's where Ray's parents came from, uh, and that's where Snoke came from. 
because we do we see we see Snoke in Bad Batch, right? Omega's looking up at a thing and it looks like Snoke, or there's something that looks an awful lot like Snoke. Yeah, I'm same I'm with the sure clones in Mandalorian too. So, yeah, we definitely saw something that kind of looked like Snoke in in Mando. So for the whole everyone who likes to joke about somehow Palpatine returned, like <laughs> they're telling us how Palpatine returned. Right. Um, the reason they had grogu and why they wanted to get grogu i'm assuming because he had a high metachlorine account account a high metachlorine count to be able to get enough metachlorines to create someone on palpatine's level right so i mean we're lost fans so we like to fill in the gaps who knows you know (laughs) who knows what their intentions are with the storyline but it feels like that's it it feels like that's it. Um, yeah, so. he was great in this as as the character that he was playing. The yeah, was definitely a real douche, though. <laughs> I'd be curious to know how long he's been in there because they tell him how much time he's got left. So yeah, when two hundred and forty nine shifts is like not a lot, a long time left. He's been in there for a while. Yeah, it's just he's he's, he's just used to, to it. And he's trying he's to like get running out running the floor. Yeah, he's running yeah. the floor. He's he's worked his way up in the ranks, even though these guys are all like sort of fending for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, he's taken it upon himself to fall in line and start, you know, taking control of of this prison thing. And I'm assuming once he gets out, his big reward is going to be you get to sign up with the Empire. <laughs> yeah, I'll go back. Yeah, I can see them putting. I can see them season two putting him in a in a. Uh, in an imperial officer outfit or even worse one of those like chef outfits from a couple episodes ago where they were catering like i'd oh, yeah. I'd like to see like i would like either way he would be a really great imperial officer but it would be really fun to see him get put to like the bottom of the food chain i think that's more like what's going to happen bottom of the food chain and if he like, does that would he turn into and and rebel against the empire right after all his hard work yeah, that could be interesting to see that. And then, like, I'm assuming, like, what they're building there is is either either stuff that's like just for like maybe like for Tie Fighters or like a bunch of like like crafts like that, or maybe it's like stuff they're gonna need to put together uh, the Death Star, which would be kind of interesting too. I feel like at this point in time, we're about five years. We're five years away from. Rogue One, which is when they start testing the weapon. Um, So I feel like they should be farther along, especially after what we saw in Episode 3. They got got that frame built quick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The Genosins Genosins between the time Dooku got the plans to the time that they had that frame, the the frame built for the Death Star. I feel like we're we're farther along on the Death Star because I, I, by the time we get to Rogue One, the only thing they need to do is finish the the gun. They're yeah. installing the the super laser. So, I mean, I don't know if it's Death Star parts. Um, I don't. Know, I kind of look like Tie Fighter wings. Yeah, it kind of looked like um, if you remember Saving Private Ryan, the World War One, the stuff on the beach that they put up. Oh, it's yeah. like cross oh, those, uh, whatever they're called. What do they call those dragon teeth? 
No, they're shore no breakers. Something like that. I know that. what you're talking about, though. Just something like yeah. to slow someone down. But I don't know. Or bombs of some kind. But. Yeah. Something. And then, like, we also saw, like, when, like, Cassian and they were all, like, all standing in, like, those different kind of levels. Like, there's something those going hallways. on. For sure. Yeah. With, like, the, like, the kind of, like, sign language um, or, like, hand gestures. Between the two to, floors. To each level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, to, and I, I think that was the, the Melshi dude too, right? No, it was, was, uh, I don't think no, so. Was... Well, I like that no matter where Cassian runs, like Marva said a couple episodes ago, or it might have been last episode, like no matter where you run, like Rebellion's going to follow you. Right. And of course, he gets caught up in this prison thing and he's smack dab in the middle of a, like a, a prisoner rebellion or it appears to be. I'm mm-hmm. assuming. We all have to assume it's about a prison break. Yeah, um, that's because that's he's my, got my mind is because he's got six years in prison and we're five BBY. So he's not going to yeah. be in prison until <laughs> after he dies on on uh, on Scarif. So he's he's there's there's a prison break happening. Something's yeah. going on. That's for sure. Because they they wouldn't show him in prison if it wasn't in, like part of the plot. For like the end game, it would have just been like he was in prison, and then all of a sudden he's out of prison. There's oh so. yeah, it's got to be a prison break, which would I be awesome. How much, <laughs> I liked how much of like a THX one one three eight kind of vibe was going on there too, with at least like how the like set and production design was mm-hmm. within stark in white, like and, uh... yeah, like and like like their jumpsuits with just like the orange and the white on that too, mm-hmm. the bare but, feet. Yeah. Uh yeah, speaking of that too, like this whole like this whole episode had way more kind of like um visual reference wise to like what George Lucas already kind of based the Empire on with like being Nazis and whatnot, mm-hmm. because the whole like them having the, like all taking together all their shoes and whatnot, and then they're like all like in this room together. Um and like you see <laughs> It, it's, it's like a, shower, a gas it, chamber yeah but it, that's what it, i mean that's what i got the idea or I it was definitely like a that's what scene. the idea was supposed to supposed to be at that point um but yeah just missed. like all of that was kind of it's definitely very close uh visually trying to, to part of me in thought well. in that scene that it was supposed to be more and like it was just broken so they didn't care it's like this is your shower. Oh, it's mist. Great. It's the fine mist. Put your you clothes on. See Andy Circus's butt crack too. <laughs> Highlights. I didn't see it. Have people been screenshotting oh. it? Well, no. Like you, you almost see it. Almost. <laughs> but then casting control. Have we had a butt crack in Star Wars? If we're gonna get it, have. it's gonna be uh, in this. Uh, Dexter, maybe Dexter Jetster. Do we we see him oh, pull up his pants? Yeah. Yeah, you see, and there's that like, that. yeah, there's like that 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 like naked one-eyed monster in uh in Canto Bite that's in the that's in the bathing house. Oh yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't be it's not you know unprecedented, I think. That would be fun. Yeah. Oh, and then the, that giant space pig in uh, Force Awakens. That's okay. when you see a, these these whole butt. <laughs> and almost right his up. butthole <laughs> right up in Finn's face <laughs> oh, 
not water. <laughs> um, those boots, though, the boots that the uh, I have a note the, in there. The Reebok, the Reebok pumps, looking good. They they they're like the least stylish boots. I'm like, that's really weird. Yeah. When when they walked in in them and they, and I was like, oh well, they made the other guys take their shoes off, so something's up. And uh, when they all got shocked, it looked painful. It looked painful, yeah. but at the same time, like if you watch uh, Cassian, his like movements, I just kind of laughed. His pantomime of being shocked was just kind of funny to me. Mm. Well, yeah, and then like his hand touched it too, so like he got like double that. Sh- like, yeah, shock. he like closed the connection. Yeah, going through his body, so can't. And then, like the when that dude essentially like commits suicide by like you know going on the floors that's the floor that's lava, um, and there's like he railed it, and the, then the people complaining that they're essentially <laughs> oh we're gonna suits, smell him all night yeah smelled like his yeah. burnt flesh but it's like I was like I guess that's what prison does to you but that I'm chatter with them that chatter with them saying like who was it this time like it's it's clear that this is like a normal thing that happens. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what they mentioned when they first get there. That guy was late because he was cleaning someone up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like the whole like way that system is set up too is, is definitely almost built in a way to more tear you down mentally than mm-hmm. physically um, and just kind of break you so that you don't try to do anything outside of just Make this go lay down. <laughs> I want to know your, tube, your food tube. Your food tube. How long the old man on table five is going to last? I feel like oh, something's yeah. coming down with him that's going to maybe incite the prison riot. I don't know. That dudes are that dudes are like fourth guy from Star Wars in Batman eighty nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's been a. Yeah, he looked familiar, so I definitely had a look yeah, that up after that. <laughs> he's a yeah, he's in the Guardians. He's sort of the guy that's bartering with Star Lord oh, yeah. at the beginning. Um, yeah, I remember that. He's got more makeup on his face than the video. I remember. Yeah, and then he he creates the Lilu in Fifth Element. He's the doctor in that. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but I know him as the dude that says, "Who are you?" And then Batman says, "I'm Batman." <laughs> that guy but yeah uh porkins lando and biggs are all in batman 89 oh well and now and now this guy too now this yeah. guy too um oh yeah you said that mike you said that you had laughed at the oh great we have to yeah it was just it over. caught me off guard with the guy just like annoyed he has to smell a dead body all night and i, I snickered at it i'm like i shouldn't be laughing at this Felt bad that I laughed at that. But. Uh in in these scenes too, uh I like the, I like that like in these past episodes especially that we're getting like this very synthy eighties eighties gone blade runner esque kind of yeah music. Like um just because the... like, I can't not never really like heard that before in Star Wars, but I don't know, I'm not like really mad at it no there's it's definitely setting a mood it's setting atmosphere it's uh yeah it's more electronic than usual for star yeah. wars um nicholas brittle has been doing a great job uh, a lot of stuff going on in this score 
for this episode where you're getting sort of a weird like detuned like out of tune like sound like it almost mm-hmm. sounds like a, a warped record or something right like it's really yeah. adding this unease to to everything um you know a lot of times when you have like clea or cyril like walking in the uh the sort of airport area it's a very rhythmic sort of mm-hmm. normal sort of um tempo and it's like kind of makes you feel easy like we've all been in an airport we know what that's like um so it's very normal but all the stuff with the prison and even some of the stuff with mon mothma has this weird warping sound to it that makes you feel like okay i'm uneasy i'm out of my element and so the music has just been like it may not be in your face john williams or or Mm -hmm. ludwig gornson or any of these other uh, composers that have been doing these shows but it is um it's definitely setting a mood for sure and uh i like the direction i like that this show doesn't feel like it has to be uh sort of in the star wars mold and i right. think that's what's great about rogue one is rogue one was the first star wars movie that didn't have a crawl it was the majority of it was shot handheld um mm. it it had uh it had like chirons on the bottom that said you know the names of planets and stuff so like i like the tony gilroy is kind of leaning more into like we're going to distance ourselves a little bit from star wars so that we can tell unique fresh stories instead of rehashing you know good guy bad guy right fight of the week character cameo of the week um again no action no action in this episode and um it's still like incredibly intriguing to me mm-hmm. yeah agree 100 so. with that and if you guys want to hear more uh with ralph talk about music check out cue the music oh <laughs> cue the music listen that may or may not be in my top two favorite shows that I've ever done. <laughs> um, for those of you that Wait like, uh, <laughs> for those of you that like uh, Michael Giacchino, uh, I just did a conversation with him about Werewolf by Night, um, and uh, I think it turned out really well. Other than stupid video glitches, that of course mm-hmm. happens when I have the Academy yeah. Award-winning um, <laughs> composer on. But uh, we sounds talk about Star Wars. Speaking of yeah. one score. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Check that out too, guys. If you definitely feel, if, if you like talking about music score. Yeah. Yeah. Does or we do. But it's uh, all me. That's it's, that's the crazy yeah. thing is that's the one show where I don't have a co-host. And so I'm out there like promoting it like crazy because if I don't, no one else will, at least with live action star Wars, I have James to sort of like, do like early morning posts for our episodes and stuff. And he, he really helps out with like social media and all that stuff. But with cue the music, man, I'm on my own. There's no one else helping me out there. So uh, I'm super proud of it. It's uh, it's, it's, it, I've, I've grown a lot as far as like podcasting because of this show. It's uh, yeah. Really good. It's, I enjoy it. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I really like that interview with Michael. Not to toot my own horn. <laughs> yeah, you should check it out, Mike. It's good. No, it's I right. can do that because I do and, enjoy and the music. If you do watch it, you'll find out uh, a certain Easter egg. It's this guy. <laughs> 
I'm an Easter egg and werewolf by night in the MCU. Oh man. Thanks. Thanks to Michael. So, and we, we talk about that on the episode. That was pretty fun. Excellent. No, I'll check it out. Cause I've been trying to figure out how to get, I want to do a music episode on this one. I'm trying to, I've been emailing people trying to get guests just cause the star Wars music is so iconic. You have to kind of talk about it at some point. Yeah, just hit me. Just hit yeah. me up. I'll do it. I'll <laughs> drop of the hat. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So we will put that on a counter because we'll definitely do like a star Wars music episode. Well, I know we'll get back to talking the episode in a second, but I know we're going to have uh, you on again in December. Um, I don't know if Mike talked his family into uh, oh. <laughs> going to two yet instead of not yet. Uh, uh, that was the recent and, price hike at Disney and Diagon Alley. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely going to Galaxy's Edge in Anaheim. Mike, have you you made, haven't been? I've I have never been there. I my friend Stanford got me this hat from there, like when it first opened, but I have never been there yet. Um, nope, neither have I. Got to go. Right. I want to give yeah. you advice. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. I have a very specific way, a very specific route that everybody should take <laughs> going into Galaxy's Edge. It essentially starts in Critter Country. Keep on going. Once you hit the marketplace, take the lower path and go around Droid Depot. It's, uh, I'll, Mark, hit me up before you show up. Um, <laughs> right. Maybe I can get in there and just just give you a give you a little tour but um it's uh you you i say this to everybody who hasn't been to galaxy's edge i know that you've seen the pictures of the millennium falcon i know you've seen all your friends in front of the millennium falcon and you're jealous and you're like i can't wait to see the millennium falcon so that i could get my picture listen <laughs> nothing nothing will prepare you for what it feels like to see the millennium Falcon in person. And even with me telling you that if you don't tear up, you're some kind of droid because <laughs> I think every single time I go, every single time I go. And if you go the route, I told you it is the most wonderful reveal. And I've taken, like I have friends who are star Wars fans who are sort of kind of over it all. And my friend was pushing a stroller, talking to his kid he looked up and it was like, oh, wow. And it just like, you could see it. You could see it hit him like a wave. <laughs> My brother-in-law, who's in his 50s, could not believe he saw R2-D2 in real life. Hmm. He, I have a picture of him with the biggest smile on his face. He's a retired, <laughs> he's a retired police sergeant. He's seen everything. He's seen every awful thing you can imagine. Right. And, uh, and to see the pure joy just from seeing R2D2 was it's 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 great. But man, dude, when you see that Falcon mark, make sure you have some space tissues with you because <laughs> you dude, it's nuts. It is nuts. It's it's because it's Disney. Disney does things a specific way. Like, have you been to have you been to um the Hogwarts? The uh I'm sorry, I'm bad with Harry Potter. You've been to uh Wizarding World? Yeah. yeah, I've been to the the um, Universal Hollywood Wizarding World. Yeah, and so like with Universal Studios, because it's a studio, it's okay if you see like studio like 
structures mm-hmm. beyond the tree line and stuff. Like you understand it's Universal Studios. It's supposed to be like you're in the movies. So you'll see some things like a tram or something that's not Harry Potter related. The way they set up Galaxy's Edge, if you do the walk from Critter Country, it gives you enough time to slowly get immersed because it's probably like a hundred yard walk of just critter country to forest. And then you'll see like droid tracks. And then all of a sudden the light poles, they don't look like regular light poles and it's a slow reveal. And so it gives you time to kind of get in the headspace knowing that, okay, I'm walking into star Wars. This is my trans. This is the first time I'm going to be in the world of Star Wars. If you go in through Frontierland, one of the two entrances from Frontierland, mm-hmm. it's just like you go under a tunnel and bam, you're in Star Wars. It's right. it's it's like a ton of breaks. But taking that slow walk from Critter Country at Hungry Bear and just sort of slowly soaking it all in, and then you see an X-wing, and you're like, oh, <laughs> and it it builds. You get this. You get this sort of build to your experience and man alive i can't you know anytime someone says something about disney i'm like yeah disney's you know corporation whatever blah 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 chapek sucks all this stuff yes we all know but what they've done with star wars for galaxy's edge is phenomenal like whatever you say about last jedi whatever you say about rise of skywalker who cares galaxy's edge is amazing (laughs) and rise of the resistance uh, oh, always man. go on that second. On that. Always go on that second. Go on the go on the uh, the smuggler's smuggler one first. Yeah, it's it's not as um, crazy. So it'll be, be a little anticlimactic if you do it the other way around. But uh, man, I'll give you all the pointers. I'm sure I have. <laughs> I'm sure I have a. Co- I can copy and paste all of this stuff. Um, oh, yeah. But we already but, have man, our Disney... reservation set up for the cantina. And the only one that was available was like a 9 a.m. one. I yeah, think I've fine. said it on here. But I was like, yeah, so morning drinking. <laughs> they have they have non-alcoholic. They have some breakfast items, maybe like a cinnamon roll. Interesting. Stuff like that. Okay. Um, You might be able to get another reservation. Maybe the day. Just go. I've gone in the yeah, morning. Yeah, we're going to try times. to. Um, uh, my, wife, my wife made a lightsaber on her birthday and i cried during that yeah i made a reservation for patrick to make one yeah i would i would make one but i'm just gonna watch him do it because i feel like you're gonna ball your eyes out from it yeah well you're gonna ball your eyes any with anything related to him anyway so (laughs) um i want to get like the non like plastic toy version of the anakin luke and what the, it's like a legacy saver now because like so many different characters have used it but i'd like to get like that yeah that one i'd like to get that at, at the park that's so i i, I was like if, if i'm gonna spend that much on a lightsaber i was like i'd rather get that one that i've wanted for such a long period of time watch my son build his own and then that way i kind of get to experience both things uh, I just, <laughs> I saw that they're also going to have uh, Qui-Gon. Dooku's, yeah, Dooku and Qui-Gon's. I'm fired um, up a Qui-Gon. I need yeah, to I see the, how that looks. The cheap, the cheap plastic version of Qui-Gon's in the other room, too. From uh, from that first, like, Force Friday or whatever it was called? Yeah. Uh, oh, 
And like side note, that's like why Patrick's middle name is is uh, Liam because it's supposed to be a, like a very subtle Star Wars reference. That, oh man, oh, yeah, <laughs> that Ray one is really cool too. I but here's the thing with the Ray one, and I did a review of this. Um, they put the they put I don't know if you could see that they put the switch yeah. right there. Um, in the movie, oh, yeah, and it doesn't this cog. Oh, yeah, the Hasbro the Hasbro version, the light actually shines through here, and when you flip this cog. It flashes blue, then green, and then ignites the yellow like in the movie. So oh, this dang. one's pretty cool, but the one on Hasbro oh, is uh, is the one to get. And then I have one nice. more, one more to show off, and that's the Mace Windu. That this is a park one, but it doesn't say B A M F on it. I looked. I I don't. It would be an Arabesh, and I don't know where it is on the real prop, but I don't think it's on there. <laughs> I don't think it's on there. It's one of a kind. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to you'll have to ask uh, Sam Jackson when you, when you talk to him. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, when I talk to him all the time, when I talk to him, yeah, I'll have to hit him up. Just call him up. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that, and that's going to be a great. That'll be a fun episode of this, just to like recount, and and I'm hoping that that you get to go to the one in Florida too, Mike. When here in Florida. Hopeful. I'm planting the seeds. Have you not been? You haven't been, Mike? Have not. Listen, guys. <laughs> I'm I'm almost jealous. I'm almost jealous of you guys. He wants to go you back. You haven't yet to go see the Millennium Falcon for the first time. Yeah, I've, the first time I've, I saw hopeful. it, I started weeping. Yeah. I was standing there weeping. I was like, this is nuts. Like, because I mean, the Millennium Falcon, like, it's like it's not even my favorite Star Wars ship, but it's so iconic. You never mm-hmm. think that you're going to be standing face to face with it, and you go up and you can get that same view that Han Solo first does in Solo when he mm-hmm. walks up and looks underneath the cockpit in the junkyard, and uh, and it's like that's me now. <laughs> I'm Han Solo. More and more like Chewbacca, though, I guess. <laughs> or uh, what is what is it, uh, Black for Stanson? Yeah. yeah. Are you, you remember that? I put, I put a, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I put a picture of Blacker Sandin's face in here, and no one could see it. And I said, "Zoom in," and he zoomed in, and it was totally disguised in my beard. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll have to send that to Mike so you can see. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a weird way to segue back into it. But I guess kind of, <laughs> kind of like round round out in this. I, I liked. Um, we got with the stuff more of the stuff that we saw with serial. Uh, not cereal, cereal. I'm <laughs> cereal. Love cereal. Um, in this uh, and like him back and forth with Dedra, and I feel like at least that theory that I had with him is like going more and more away. Where like maybe that he was going to end up joining the like the rebellion because I felt mm-hmm. like he could go really either way. But after this episode, it feels like he like you know really wants to be on that path to be like within like the ranks of the empire and like essentially be like the right hand man mm. to, to Dedros and point where can almost see that by like the end of this season where like he and her are like maybe working together to try to get Cassie and, and what all that might happen. I there. can see that, but I can also see her being like, you're kind of useless based on um when he got to read the report and she was like, well, what's missing? And he's like, oh, uh, it was a gray cloak. Like, okay, there's a lot of great cloaks out there. He wore dark boots. Okay, a lot of dark boots out there. It's just like she kind of felt like, in my 
her interpretation was like, okay, you don't know what you really, as much as you say you do, other than his name and what he looked like. And she kind of, she kind of got the sense like she felt he was more useless. So then he said, he said, I I recognize his voice if I were to hear it again. Yeah, for Luther. It could be total B, it could be total BS, but. But it's it's something where he, she can't like yeah she won't it yeah. I just feel there's going to be some friction there, and he Cyril's going to be on his own island, but wanting to be in the Empire, the Empire not wanting him, wanting to get Cassie, and he's going to have his own thing, and it's going to be his demise. Like I don't see Cyril making it to season two. Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. I do. And then, I think he might. Yeah, I I think, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm curious to like see in general like where like his whole story is gonna end at that point, and then uh, or like, Blevin see... will do something with him. Yeah, promise uh, him something that Dedra didn't. Uh, and then yeah, then we saw that like Vel and Cinta are on Ferrix, so apparently Cinta got off of Aldani. <laughs> Everyone just gets off these planets with, under such scrutiny, and like no questions. Well, I feel like Luthen. Luthen was able to get on and off of um, Aldani. So I'm assuming since she's now on Corazant or she was on Corazant that she's yeah. at the airport too, right? Bell? Bell went to the, yeah, she was last at the episode. airport. So yeah, yeah, it could have been, she could have been going there or whatever. I don't know. But um, it's one of those things where it's like, we can fill the gaps, you know? Yeah. If 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 and Luthen can come and go onto that planet, but I mean it is going to be under more security. They did have a star destroyer there the last time we yeah. saw her. So, and one thing that we talked about last episode that was kind of hit home more in this one is Vel might be like Luthen's daughter because it's kind of Cinta makes a comment like we all don't come from money or something like that when she's talking about staying on Ferrix. There's some little yeah. quip she makes about Vel's past that kind of like, oh, maybe she is Luthen's kid or something. Because it was like their I relationship. Feel, I feel like she definitely could be. So it'll be interesting to see that play out a little mm-hmm. more. Interesting. Uh, but the other stuff that we saw in Ferrix too, like we saw, I don't remember what the character's name is, but the like the, the coal like miner S type do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that, yeah. like Cassian was talking to in the first episode. We saw a little bit more like with him and then like when they go back to like Marva's and like she seemingly looks like she's like sick. Mm. Um and that like her so I'm assuming like like she's she like during this time that like Cassian's like imprisoned, um like she's gonna be getting more and more sick during this time and he'll like find out that she maybe like she passes away while he's mm he's there and that like maybe emboldens him more to because he don't, he won't know like the full story of it so that like embolden him like a little bit more to like become part of like the mm-hmm. rebellion um kind of like take up what he knew that why she had to stay there right so i th- think that could be interesting depending on how that that goes with that as well and i did like that we finally uh saw Saw, <laughs> saw this. a scene. You saw him. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and we saw some of like the like the other um, characters that are like are part of like his whole crew. 
Yeah, uh, like an establishing his, shot with two yeah. tubes and the X-wing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, oh yeah, it was like, yeah, I liked seeing that there. Like, is that the first time we've seen like a black paint job X-wing? <laughs> uh, I mean, like other than Pose, yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, yeah, Pose like being black and orange, I guess. Um, yeah, and that but, yeah, that, 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 an interesting look. And that the Emperor definitely liked building all of their or having a lot of underwater type bases. <laughs> I always want to know why they build everything underwater. Just to hide it, I guess. Like everything's underwater. It just seems yeah. like they're not learning. <laughs> well, yeah, because this would be five years after Obi-Wan as well, too. So like, oh, you remember that that time that, that Jedi broke, broke the, the window notorious and broke the window and that or have you how far are you in uh the jedi fallen order game rough oh boy um <laughs> i don't know how far i am uh i i remember going back to kashik where the empire was mining sap from the trees and then i kind of stalled out after that i there if, if there's a water thing i haven't done it yet all right I think that's where Saw is too, is because I remember him showing. Yeah, up I remember seeing like Saw in that game. Yeah, he shows up there. It's and, all over. Uh, the place. <laughs> yeah, man gets around. Yeah, but I th- think that's as far as like what I wanted to bring up with from this episode. Was there anything else that that you guys uh, that we haven't touched on at all that that you'd want to? speak on or bring up at all before we like wrap saws distrust in luthan just like want to explore that more uh, it's like he comes to him like i want to meet this guy i'll give you this stuff for free if you let me meet him and saws just like i don't think so you're not in my <laughs> brand right now yeah yeah i think that's yeah because we're already seeing, trying like... to be a scalpel yeah. and saws being a brick <laughs> you know yeah. it's not yeah two different ideals two different ways of going about right you know. he's getting closer and closer to that lies deception <laughs> yeah where is he gonna get his lungs all jacked up <laughs> are we gonna see that do we need to see it because i don't think he has the not- breather in this episode no he was fine well, I'm not going to say anything because uh, I know where he gets that. <laughs> oh, is it from Jedi Fallen Order? It might be. It might be from someone else, too. <laughs> so it is. Okay. <laughs> I, I do like um, just because, like, everyone knows, kind of like Force Whitaker's got that, um, you know, going on with his eye. <laughs> uh, how they gave Saw like a scar, like, over like that eye and like over his face. So like it gives like an in-universe reason right. for that. Um, what's it's like Indy. Character... It's like Indy with the whip. Oh yeah. With <laughs> having the scar on his chin. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his character is interesting from like the point of like once they did cast Horst Whitaker in Rogue One, essentially like how they've now worked his character in through all this other stuff between like Bad Batch and Rebels yeah. and the video game and books and then this and like you see different instances like where he's got his hair like really grown out where he's bald where it's 
a little bit grown out where he's got scars on his face, where he's got breathing apparatus. So you, you almost have to like fall. And then like when he first showed up in Clone Wars, like way back, he he looked different just because like they didn't know Force yeah. Worker was going to play him. So um, but, uh, that's that's an interesting character. Like if you fall, go through and just like follow like their storyline, um, like even him like showing up initially in Clone Wars, it's he's kind of almost kind of already a much less um, heightened version of like where he ends up. But he's already he's already got that temperament and that kind of distrusting uh, nature before any of this other stuff happens. So it's it's kind of cool to see that progression of his character too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I enjoyed this. I'm uh, eager to see because with this episode and like the last one, it's it's not as clear cut like what the next episode is kind of going to be for the arc it's not mm-hmm. as clear cut of act one act two act three as it was for those first six episodes or so um so i'll be i'm hoping i'm hoping for prison break <laughs> it's yeah, coming we have, we, have, we have three episodes left so i'm wondering um if these last three are going to be like a act one act two act three or if this next one i think i had saw that like eight and nine were supposed to be paired together kind of as like a story and then the last two that would uh, be 10 11 12 would be three together so um i'm i'm really enjoying this show much like you guys have said already too so i am excited to see more of it as well uh but i with that i think i'll i'll wrap this up for this one last thing we didn't talk about him all right i think he's doing i think he's gonna like inadvertently out Mon somehow because like they, he's in there for a reason and and her daughter she she was given uh her uh mom's friend uh some some stink eye side eye yeah yeah they're gonna so, something's gonna happen there like he's gonna have to be taken out because of his just his overall being a knob yeah. He's a real douche. <laughs> but yeah. I hope I hope of all the characters that don't make it to the end of season one <laughs> that, that he is one of the yeah, characters one. that doesn't make it to the end of season one. One number one, two, and three. Yeah, if, if we have to choose one character that doesn't make it to season two, and uh, Chris Tucker looks out the window and he's like, he's not gonna be in, in Andor season two. <laughs> that's what it's going to be um, but yeah so with that uh, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the whole maneuver uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube um, you know do all the normal stuff like comment subscribe hit the bell <laughs> stuff uh, bell if stuff. you're <laughs> if you're listening to us on a podcatcher of your choice uh like whether it's spotify or apple Podcasts, leave us a review there it helps us out immensely and then uh you can find us on social media and all those places uh, the link tree and all those links uh for both <laughs> our individual and all the other handles those are all it's there right there in the show notes makes it easy to click on there yeah factor stuff's there too and i'm gonna put ralph's uh stuff there for you as well too but uh ralph uh, 
I mean, I guess we've already kind of given, said a few places where they can find was Where's like the main hub where they, they can find your stuff online? Oh, that's easy. Just go to casinoskunk.com. Casinoskunk.com. Yeah, I'll have all my shows. Yeah. But, uh, we... And it's easy to remember. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you can email us at holdapod at gmail.com. And we uh, thank you again, Ralph, for joining us. Yes, this thank week. you for coming yeah, Thanks out. for Great. having me. Great chat. And, and now you'll get to experience Mike say this after <laughs> I say this. So, as always, Terrible. we are grateful to George Lucas for creating the Star Wars universe. Oh dear, thank the maker. <laughs>